The Ghana Armed Forces has been a central part of our story as a nation and many times the story of the Ghana Armed Forces have been hidden uh, behind the experiences of the past three or four decades and I'm talking about the stories of the coup d'etats and so we hardly ever get the opportunity to hear them tell the story themselves about what gave birth to Ghana Armed Forces, how it's structured and the role that it has played in this Ghana story. And my guest today is Brigadier General James Hagen and um, he's a general in the Ghana Armed Forces and he, oh, he's also a chief from the central region so you see how you can combine the two but no doubt with some a person with this track record in the army no doubt that his leadership skills will really come to the fore um, as a chief uh, you know so we will allow him to tell us the story properly so the Ghana Armed Forces you know hitherto we had had the British people controlling the army and all those can you tell us how it all began uh, for my viewers to understand the formation of the Ghana Armed Forces, we have to go back a little bit and look at what was happening at the Gold Coast. Mm -hmm. The term Gold Coast I'm going to use here will refer to the whole nation called Ghana today. But when I come, when we progress, mm -hmm. you will see me talking about Gold Coast Colony, talking about Asante Confederation, and then Asante Confederacy, and then the Northern Territories. Until 1946, once Alan Benz prepared a constitution, bringing all of us under one umbrella, then we became the country called Gold Coast, which is a which was a, a British colony. Okay. So now we we'll look at what was happening in the Gold Coast. Correct. Let's just start from the southern part of Ghana. In 1471, Fernando Gomez, a Portuguese explorer, with Vasco da Gama, Bartolomeu Diaz, and Pedro de Escobar, including others, landed at Elmina. They traded with the people of Elmina, went back, and then 11 years later, under Don Diogo de Azambuja, they asked permission from Nana Kwame Nansa. Nana Kwame what? Kwame Nansa. Kwame Nansa, yes. Uh -huh. The sixth king of Elmina, for permission to construct a castle, St. George Castle. At Elmina. Portugal got much gold from certain part of the Gold Coast. So this attracted other nations like the British who came under Captain Wyndham in 1533. And then we have also the Dutch coming in. Then the Danes from Denmark came in. Then the Swedes from Sweden 
also came in, including the Brandenburgers from Germany. And uh, these European nations established forts and castles along the coast. And their main purpose for the trade initially was gold until the slave trade came in. When Gonzales, that Portuguese explorer, decided to send 10 Africans to Portugal to be trained as slaves. As was? As, 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 as priests. But later, they came in for more men and sent them to the Americas to be used as slaves. It was at this same period that Dentura State, the kingdom of Dentura, emerged north of Cape Coast. And you remember Dentura was powerful then that it was controlling Asante. And uh, Asante's fought for their war of independence against the Dentures from 1700 to 1701. And uh, Osei and the chief priest Confanoti. So they conquered the dangerous and took the note. You know, in all their forts that they built along the coast, they had something they called notes, mm -hmm. which is given to the chief of that town. So that based on the agreement reached, the MOU reached, they will pay a certain amount of gold to the chief of that town. So the Ashantis conquered Dentura. Dentura had then defeated Elimina, and the note was in the possession of Dentura. So the Ashantis took it and started trading with them. And you remember when Ashanti you know, Osei Tutu died in 1717, and Opokuwari became king in 1720. He embarked on upon wars of expansion. He went to Techiman, 1722, conquered it. He was in Achim, 1732. Equapim was not spared. 1740, he was in Gonja. By 1742, he was in Dagomba. Jama, Kong, and some parts of Cote d'Ivoire were all conquered. Mm. Then the Ashantis started trading with the Europeans at the coast. And they were even trying to control the whites. So the whites decided that let us form a group of people, locals, which will be armed to protect us. So they got a group of people, locals, and then armed them. Then one of the locals who was armed, a mulatto from Anamabo, called Kujo Atetefo. Kujo Atetefo was always troubling the Ashantis. And uh, if you order, is uh, what we call half-caste, half right? Half-caste, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. So Kujo Atetefo was always disin, dis, so uh, disturbing. So the half-caste was called Kujo Atetefo. Half-caste, called Kujo Atetefo, who was virtually, I would say, a policeman. Okay. Who was always troubling Ashanti traders. Okay. And uh, at a point, he insulted Ashanti was sent to Kumasi, but Asantini allowed him to go back. And he continued, <laughs> and uh, he was grabbed, and then killed at Abu Dungwa. Wow. Mac, uh, uh, such as Makati, yeah. a French-Irish, had then been appointed governor of the Gokos and Sierra Leone. So when he heard of the death of Kujo Atetefo, he said, enough was enough. Let me go back a bit to 1807. 
election process, an incident happened between the two Asin Paramount chiefs, Asin Apimenim and Asin Atandasun. The matter was referred to Nana Santini for arbitration. But the messengers sent to Asin Atandasun, Asin Atandasun chief grabbed them, cut off their hands, and then sent them back to Kumasi. Say that so, again? Uh -huh. he, they, they grabbed them, cut off their hands, and sent them back to Kumasi. Asin what? Asin Atandasu. Atandasu. That's uh, what we call Yankumasi and Yankro or Fanti Yankumasi. Oh, that used to be at Asin. Uh, that is Asin Atandasu. Uh, oh, Fanti Yankumasi uh, on the Fosu Road. That is road. it. Uh -huh. Wow. And then Apimenim chief is chief of Asin Manso. So Asin Manso used to be Apim Apimenim. Uh, Apimenim. It is still Apimenim traditional council. Okay. We, we don't know and that. And then we have the Atandasu traditional council. All right. So what the Atandazu chief did, Anger Nana Santini. So wow. he moved his roof, crossed River Pra, and entered Yankumase. Mm -hmm. Then the Atandazu chief ran away to Isikuma, <laughs> your village. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, uh, fortunately on that part, the Fanti chief were having a meeting there. Mm -hmm. So Asantini requested that he has no business with Fanti. They should give him Kojo Tibu and Kwekwaputai. That's all. And they refused. And he took Ejumako. And the two chiefs fled to Anamabo. Oh, he took my place? Uh, he conquered Ejumako straight away. Added oh. Mankasim to it. Hey, Papa Nade. <laughs> and then he marched on to Anamabo. Oh, okay. Then a lot of people from the hinterland ran to Fort Williams Anamabo. Mm -hmm. Totaling about 2,000. Wow. And Asantini, uh, that's Asantini Osebunsu, 1824. Told them that I want half of the people in the castle. For what? Eh? For what? He want them as slaves. Aye. Uh -huh. Because he was running short of ammunition. Okay. And Colonel Torrain, the then head of Cape Coast Castle, came down, divided the people into two, and gave half to him. That same year, 1807. Britain had then abolished slave trade and slavery. And in 1833, a law was passed in British Parliament when William Wilberforce, Granville Sharp, and others who were MPs, including William Pitt, the Prime Minister, fought for stopping of slave trade and slavery in all British dominions. So what Colonel Turin did, he was reprimanded for giving half the of the people for Asantini. Asantini sold them to the British and collected and used the money to purchase ammunition from them. It was the outbreak of smallpox. Mm -hmm. Osei would have gone to Cape Coast. So back to our story. When McCarthy heard the death of Kujo Otetefo, mm -hmm. he came from Sierra Leone. Mm -hmm. It was said by Confucius that know the enemy, know the ground. And your victory will not be endangered. He didn't read what was written by the Chinese philosophers. Mm -hmm. So he came down, first landed at Discov. Mm -hmm. From there, he came to Sekandi to Commander Kekos and Anmabo, telling them that he was going to defeat Asante and that he will move inside in, to the interior of the country to go and defeat them. So immediately he came. He formed a militia, 
known as Royal African Colonial Corps of Light Infantry. Mm -hmm. I repeat, Royal African Colonial Corps of Light Infantry. Okay. Which was made up of three companies. Let's just take a company to be around 150 men. And uh, these people, he clothed them, armed them, without knowing the terrain he was going to fight. And then the people he was going to fight with, yeah. the tactics they used and everything. He moved along the Pra River and at a town called Nsamanko in the western region. He fought the Ashantis. At that yeah. point, the mortars and artillery were no use because of the type of vegetation. You fire your mortar or the artillery and to go and hit some trees. Some trees. So Makati uh, was surprised. So this is what we refer to as the Battle of Nsamanko. Battle of Nsamanko, that mm -hmm. is it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the Royal African Colonial Corps of Light Infantry he formed mm -hmm. can be described as the beginning of the Ghana Armed Forces. Wow. And uh, throughout the whole of West Africa, it was in the Gokos that a force of that I was first formed. So the Ghana Armed Forces can pride itself of being the foremost military institution in the entire West African wow. region. Wow, wow, wow. This is, this is rich history that's uh, interesting how it's connected to uh, all the events that happened within that period. But tell me, so with the formation of the force and then leading up to the Battle of Nsamanko, what then became of this um, um, light infantry group that you talked about? Some of them lost their lives. During the battle? But, uh, yes. McLean thought he could move forward. He left majority of them behind. So uh -huh. when they heard of uh, the governor of the British possessions in the Gold Coast death, most of them withdrew. Okay. From that battle. So did they, so they lost the battle? They basically. lost the battle. And Makati's head was cut oh, and okay. sent to Kumasi as a trophy. As a trophy? As a trophy, yes. Oh, the white man's head? The head, yes. <laughs> oh, I see. So then. After that, what happened? After that, this was a defeat to the British. Mm -hmm. It pained them a lot that somebody like Charles McCarthy should lose his life. And uh, if you read British history, he is one of the least recognized British generals in battle. Why is that? Because he allowed to them uncivilized natives yeah. who are cannibals or who practice human sacrifice to kill him. Mm -hmm. That's and how it they was a, it. a big blow to them. Wow. So in 1826, one Colonel Turner. 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 Is it British or American? British. British, okay. Came with some troops from West Indies. And then they came and used the, the remnants of the militias here. Mm -hmm. And this time around, Turner looked at the terrain and he chose to fight the Ashanti at because at that point, the mortars and the artillery and the cannons will have effect on the Asante army. Mm -hmm. He defeated them. And at that time, he nearly even captured the Golden Stone. It was Jabinhir Boateng who saved them by carrying the stool to the rear. 
other than that it would have been taken by the British he carried it where he carried it to the rear of the okay, fighting the force fighting force okay wow interesting then after the defeat of the Ashantis Turner and the entire British administration decided to leave the Gokos for who to manage uh-huh but we were having other Europeans still doing business with Ashanti mm -hmm. but not governing no, you govern that small area closer to your fort. Okay. But not the entire people. Ah, okay. So in 1830, the merchants trading in the Gokos met in London and decided that they can't do business. They were in Accra here, they were in Anamabo, they were in Capos. Some of them were in, in um, Winneba. Winneba, yeah. So you will see Dutch, Danish fort, British, British, Danish. British, Dutch, oh, all scattered over the whole all over area. The place. That's Aha. the reason. So they met and chose Captain George McLean. Which is different from the one who was beheaded? The, the one beheaded was Charles McCarthy. Charles McCarthy, okay. This one was McLean. George McLean. Mm. That he should become governor of British possessions mm -hmm. in the Gold Coast. He was chosen by the merchants. And when he came down, he was still using the militia. Okay. And he added more. And they were performing military and police duties as well. All right. And uh, he extended the dominion from the forts to include whole towns like Capos and Mabo. All of them came under the British administration. Right. At a point in time, the chief of Dentia sister died. And Dentia he sacrificed 30 people to accompany her sister to the next world. Sacrifice means what? Uh, he killed. To, to accompany her, her, her sister, sister to, to the next world. What? Some of them are servants to, to go and serve. The sister will be lonely there. Eh? The sister will be lonely. You know, you know those days, when <laughs> chiefs die, they don't go alone. Really? Uh, they should be accompanied. Somebody wow. must fetch water for him to drink. Somebody will be doing That's the belief. Drugs. That's the belief. But now we don't do uh, no, that. We don't do so that was primitive then. We won't call them primitive. That was our culture by then. But it's changed. Culture. We've seen the light. Uh, we've seen the light, but uh, <laughs> when some very very important chiefs die, some things least, happen. Uh, one or two people must accompany. <laughs> Even in modern day. <laughs> I doubt. I doubt if they do that. <laughs> and uh, if chiefs are doing it, you will know. That's true. Uh -huh. though. Will not inform you. Wow. Hey, then you have to be careful with the chief so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, interesting. Uh, so he brought this uh, Denchirahine and he was imprisoned at Cape Coast Castle. Oh, wow. After he, for killing the 30 uh -huh, people. For killing the 30. Wow. So this is the now, the Dencha now was not the, the, uh, overall, the child, no, that used to be the kingdom. But uh, at least they have a, a light territory mm -hmm. between the Fante, Asante, and, Asante, and then the, the and then the Wasa people. Oh, right. And the Asens. That was that was quite uh, mm -hmm. a, a huge area. Yes. Oh, so so then after other um, people took over the governance of the nation. Is that correct? No. After this, um, McLean's administration was so good mm -hmm. that for over 12 years, there was no war between the British and the Asantes. 
When he came, he signed an agreement with Asantehne, Asaya Wakoto. And Asaya Wakoto agreed to send some uh, some of his nephews to be trained in the UK. And can the tenors battle at Akatamanso? They signed an agreement, and the Ashanti paid a huge amount of gold. It was tied in sacks and brought to Kepo's castle. And he told them if they don't go to war for some time, it will be sent back to them. In 1838, during the reign of Asantine, the first, the gold what the nephews sent to UK, UK for studies for were sent back to Kumasi. Wow. And Asantine, according to the Ashantis, they were manner, they tied the sacks of gold. It was like that when McLean brought them. Wow. So they had peace in him. And there was peace in the Gold Coast, and trade was moving on very well. Mm. So the British government decided to come back and take the administration of British possessions in the Gold Coast once again. So in 1843, Commander J.W. Hill was appointed governor of the Gold Coast. And then when he came, he saw the need to sign McLean became his judicial assessor, his chief advisor. McLean was a, a lawyer by trade. Oh, okay. So he advised him. He called all Fante and oh, Southern right. chiefs and signed the agreement with them. Is that a bond? The on bond? the 6th of March, 1844. Uh -huh. And it is on this day that agreement signed that our scholars now believe that we sold our sovereignty to the British. So if we are to get it back as an independent nation, it should be on the 6th of March. So that's the bond of 1844. 1844. Thank that you. So here we have um, Brigadier General James Hagen, and he's taking us through what's actually um, necessitated the formation of the Ghana Armed Forces. And this is rich history that, uh, I mean, those of us who are not history students, I mean, a lot of the names we've heard before in, in our history lessons, but how to connect them to the issues we, we, were, we were actually at a loss. So, um, after this um, imprisonment of the Dejahini at the time, what happened? What happened was uh, the militia that was there, that was started by McCarthy. Was it still with the same name? The same name. Mm -hmm. Then McLean continued. Right. And then uh, the next governor, that's Commander Hale, also continued, went through transformation. Then that treaty mm -hmm. signed by McLean and the Ashantis, and the, and the general. that the Ashantis should not go to war mm -hmm. without yeah. reference to the British. Ashanti Nikwekudia broke it. Mm. And then he went to war against Bobby, Bobby Kuma in 1863. Oh, Bobby Kuma? Yes, yes, sir. Fanti Bobby Kuma? Uh -huh. Why? There There's was no Bobby, Bobby Kuma anywhere. <laughs> but, but, but Bobby Kuma is a small but place. You know, the Fantis, they were middlemen. Okay. Between the Europeans and the and people then, in the, the one Asante Hine Ose Bonsu, 1800-1824, remarked that, uh, I quote from him, trade is what I want, and trade is what the white man wants. 
but the fantasies rob and cheat my people. They buy cloth from the British and, come and, sell, and sell handkerchiefs to Asante. <laughs> and then they buy gold from Asante and then mix it with brass and sell them to the Europeans. If the British will, will agree with me, I will let trade flow. That is by removing the phantom measurement mm -hmm. and then they dealing with the Europeans directly. directly yeah. But the phantom said, if you are an Asante man with your good from Kumasi, either you sell it at Fungso <laughs> or you sell it at Praso uh -huh. or Asifosu, uh -huh. Asin Manso. From Asin Manso, when they buff the slaves, straight to the Dutch fort Elmina. Mm -hmm. Or finally you sell it at Yankumasi. Mm -hmm. You can't go beyond, beyond. Asin Yankumasi. Southwards. Southwards. And it was the same in all the fantasy states. Wow. So they picked the war against Bobikuma in 1863. And the British brought an expeditionary force of almost 4,000 plus to come, come and fight. fight the Ashantis. And this time when they decided to go to Kumasi. Wow. But they didn't observe the weather. They came here in June, <laughs> and uh, the rains had then set in. So when they reached Asen Praso, it rained for two weeks. Most of them contracted malaria, and some of the officers died, and they decided to go back to the to Cape Coast Castle. So Asantini remarked that the white man brought his cannon to the bush, but the bush was stronger than the cannon. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> this thing done by the Ashantis did not go down well with the British. And in 1867, because of that abortive operation at Praso, mm -hmm. Fanti chiefs met under Kengate of Winneber. Winneber, yeah. And they decided that this time round they are going to form a police force, form an army and also establish a secondary school, a university. And then they will, they will build roads. And this, the British took it, took it as an affront to them. They came Fanti was asking for its independence. That was the beginning of our independent activities. Some people don't recognize the efforts of the Fanti chiefs. At the school they said they were going to establish, that is Infancy Primary School, Infancy Appian. Wow. That's Infancy Primary School over there. So that was the school that they, they met to discuss? This discuss and plan that we should have So it was, you can say that it was a Fanti agenda at the time. At, at that time. And that's what gave birth to the name Infancy. Infancy Pim. So it's actually Infancy Appian. Okay, never heard this before. And this is still the story um, of the Ghana Armed Forces. Uh, what actually gave birth to the activities that gave birth to the Ghana Armed Forces? And as you can hear from him, it's there are a series of interconnected uh, events over decades and centuries uh, that gave birth uh, into uh, what started and then grew to what we see today. At this point, what kind of military structure did we have as a country? Thank you very much. In 1868, the British met the Dutch 
short, let me go back to 1850. Mm -hmm. By 1850, we have three Europeans, the Danes, the Dutch, and the British. They were all here. They were here. Operating, Operating business. Operating yeah. in the Gold Coast at that time. Mm -hmm. But the Danes decided that trade was not too profitable. And Denmark abolished slave trade in 1793. So, and the gold was not flowing like at first. The Ashantis were sending everything to the Dutch at Elmina. So they sold their forts and castles to the British in 1850 and left. In 1850? And uh, Great Britain became, apart from the Dutch, was controlling the whole of the Gold Coast. But for the Dutch at Elmina. But were they controlling the Ashantis as well? No. Okay. I'm talking about the southern, southern part okay. of the Gold Coast. Mm -hmm. Then they met in 1868, the British and the Dutch, and decided that they were going to choose River Surowi. River what? Surowi. 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 Uh, uh, where is after that? Cape Coast Castle, you are going to Alimina. Mm -hmm. You that, see a stream. Oh, that one. Aha. You yeah, see a stream. That joins the sea. Aha. Uh -huh, where they built a, what do I call it, sea defense. Yeah. yeah, yeah Aha. Yeah. They chose that stream, uh -huh. and instead of pronouncing Surowi, they were pronouncing it River Sweet. River what? Sweet. Sweet. <laughs> you know, British are like Ashantis. Yeah. Ashantis cannot pronounce any Anything. name very well. Once the name is not as an Ashanti name, the British are also like that. They, they, they say, I'm, I'm going to go. <laughs> I don't even understand this. <laughs> you can correct them a thousand no, times. No, 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 They'll no, still no, no. Say, uh, <laughs> so the British called it River Sweet. Mm -hmm. And then they decided that all Dutch forts to the east of River Sweet uh -huh. should come under British administration, headquartered at Cape Coast Castle. And then all British forts to the west of River Sweet will come under the Dutch headquarters at headquartered at Elmina uh, Castle. Oh, oh, still Elmina, okay. Elmina. Then the Fanti chiefs met and said that if it is so, it means Fanti country had been divided into two. Yeah. Because Fanti country, it goes up to the river Pra. So they started picking up fights. Commander people mm -hmm. started fighting the Dutch. And then in 1872, the, the Dutch also sold their possession to the British and, and left. left the Gold Coast. So in 1872, the British became the sole owners of the forts and castles in the Gold Coast. When this thing, you know, I told you already, Asantin had the note to Elimina Castle. Elimina Castle yeah. So they say the Dutch, the British cannot buy Elmina Castle without a reference to them. Mm -hmm. Because by having the note, it means they are the owners Access to, of the, yeah. of the of the castle. castle. Yeah. So in 1872, they attacked. And uh, Asantina Amankwetia told Nana Asantina Kofi Kakari that he would bring the walls of Cape Coast Castle to Kumasi. That battle should have gone to another general. But Amankwetia lobbied and was given to him. And he became so powerful that he consulted his own road from Asin Fosu to Abakrampa. Mm -hmm. And they carried him in, in a, in a Mm -hmm. On the way from Asinfosu to Cape Coast, mm -hmm. they carried him from in a palanquin from Asinfosu to Cape Coast. Oh, yeah. 
You can imagine how powerful Amankwetia was at that time. Mm -hmm. But he tried so many time, times. He couldn't breach the walls of Kepo's castle. Why? Ah, the cannons were at work. Oh, okay. And the Kepo's were on the side of the British. Okay. So they were fighting them. Fighting. Mm -hmm. They defeated the Ashantis. And uh, because of this, the British government decided that let us punish Asante once and for all. So the best of all the British generals, Sir Ganetu Osili, was sent to the Gold Coast. He came with 12,000 men. What? From UK, West Indies, and some from Sierra Leone and other nations. All of them came here. They came and they added to the militias existing on the ground. And he brought Lagos constabulary troops from Nigeria. From Nigeria. Mm -hmm. In 1865, here was a, a British captain coming down with Clapperton and Denham under Niger. With what? Clapperton. Uh -huh. That was a white man's name. And okay. then Denham. And uh, they had a shipwreck on the river Niger. So he bought a horse and started moving down towards the coast. At that time, there were so many wars in Yoruba land and so many people had been taken as slaves. Yeah. So he bought the slaves, armed them, clothed them, and then fed them. They are the Glover Houses or Lagos Constabulary wow. that I'm talking about. Mm. So they also Joy. came down to the Gold Coast. And in November 1873, they set off to Kumasi. He came with engineers. He came with signalers that as they were moving, they were constructing wood, laying telegraph lines. Wow. From Cape Coast Castle. For communication. For communication. So he crossed the Pra when the river was at low tide, just like how it is today. Mm -hmm. They crossed, and the first engagement with the Ashantis was at Amwafunia uh, Asantibakwai. Ashantis were pushed back, defeated. And then Menshia was ransacked. Mm -hmm. And he retreated from there to Formina, Adansa Formina. And then another batch of the troops, they went through Axim. And then when they reached the parallel of Kumase, mm -hmm. they moved eastwards. Eastwards, yeah. And then they also came in and added more casualties to the Ashantis. Then the Glover Houses, uh -huh. they operated along the Volta River. Oy. When they reached the parallel of Kumase, they, they also too moved, moved west. Mm -hmm. And they too came and did their own thing. So the Ashantis were forced to come and sign the Treaty of Formina 1874. Mm -hmm. And they agreed to pay 50,000 ounces of gold. Mm -hmm. And that Ashanti will not go to war without informing the British. And that slave trade should be abolished. Slavery cannot go on. And then pioneering, let's say, I'm owing you money. I can't yeah, pay, pardon, said, yeah. I send my child to come and stay with you. Yeah. That one too was no, also, that was also abolished. abolished. Because we had, we had some pawn slaves yes. in the process. Uh -huh. Wow. And then all the tributary states under Asante were okay. to be including Achim 
Equapem, Tichiman, part of Accra, Dinchira. Which part of Accra would this be? Part of Accra. Yeah. Where under the Asantes. Like where? You remember like where? Like this, what do I call it? Jamestown, Labadi areas. They all had their independence from Asante 1873 campaign. Garnet Wosley. Wow. Including the the was was passa were also liberated. The Asen and Adanse were also liberated. But the Adanses they decided that they are now they were then part of the Asante Kingdom. As I said earlier, after Asante 1873 campaign, also known as Sagrenti War. Sagrenti. Sagrenti. Because Asantes couldn't pronounce. Say Ghana Jesus. Because of that, they pronounce it Sagrenti. So the Sagrenti is actually Sir Ghana Thank you, Ashantis. So that was the Sagrenti War. After the Sagrenti War, in February 1874, I told you it started from November 1873. Because of the earlier episode at Prasso, they chose the dry season. To attack Asante, and after that, the southern part made up for present-day western and western north regions, present-day central region, present-day eastern and greater Accra regions, and then the southern part of Volta regions from the coast to 130 kilometers inland, all became part of the part of the Gold Coast colony. Wow. This is the birth of the Gokos colony. Mm -hmm. It was created after the Sagrenti War. Okay. By the British. By the British. So at this point, it was still without the participation of the Ashantis. Yes. Mm -hmm. The Ashanti, Ashanti was an Ashanti confederacy. Okay. But we have Gokos colony mm -hmm. under the British. All right. Then I told you about the Lagos Constabulary who took part in the, in the 1873 campaign. Mm -hmm. In the military, we call it Asante 1873. Mm -hmm. Then in the Civil War, they call it the War. All right. Uh -huh. So after the 1873 campaign, the Nigerians who came down with Grover to come and fight, they said the Gokos was too good for them. Here, there were not major wars like the Yoruba, Yoruba people, there was. So they decided not to go back, go to, back. to Nigeria. <laughs> so some books say 350, others say 300 were left behind. In, the, in 1879, they were used to form the nucleus of a force called the Gokos Constabulary. That's the Lagos Constabulary. No, oh. the Lagos Constabulary who uh -huh. came and fight. Uh -huh. If you finish fighting, you have to go back home like the way the British and the West Indians and the Ceylonians went, went to. Back. Yeah. But they said they won't go back again. Okay. They, pref they prefer staying here. Mm -hmm. So about 300 of them, some books say 350, were okay. left behind. Mm -hmm. And in 1879, they were still not having trust of the Ashanti people. So they, they decided to reorganize the militia. And they added this people to it, okay. and it was named the Gold Coast Constabulary, right. because at that time Gold Coast Colony right. had been created, and they were to perform 
military duties. Just as the British believed, in 1889, Asante attacked Nkranza. And this made the British to march to Kumasi in 1896 and demanded that the Asante nation pay the war indemnity of the 1873 campaign. Asantini couldn't pay. And Did he, not pay or could not pay? Could not pay. Okay. He removed even his sanders mm -hmm. to tell them that the am amount of money they were demanding, Asante hasn't got it. So he was captured. Which, which, which chief was this? Asantini Ajima Prempe the first. Okay. Also known as Kokudia the third. All right. He was captured and sent to Cape Coast Castle, from there to Elimina Castle, then to St. Helena's Island, Sierra Leone, before he was transported to Seychelles Island. And the British constructed governor's accommodation in Asante, because it wasn't part of the Gold Coast colony by then. So there was a resident governor in Kumasi overseeing all Asante activities and reporting back to the governor at the coast. After they captured um, Nanakwe Kudia. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They built a fort. Mm -hmm. And that fort is what is now being used, being called Armed Forces Museum in Kumasi. Okay. Okay. This is near the ministries. Yeah, yes. Yes. Um, Close to Kingsway. KMA. K yeah. Uh -huh. Up the hill from KMA. Uh -huh. Yeah. It's part of a doom. Yeah, that's, that is, it is part of a doom. Mm -hmm. So that was governor's accommodation. Oh, so that was a governor's accommodation, mm -hmm. which is now being turned into the military. Mil so we have been a, very well a, a, sub, a sub governor staying okay. there. So is that why you have all those cannon things there? There uh, were some of the cannons used well, by the British. Okay. In the but 1900s. Tell me, funny yeah. enough, there used to be something be in front of Kingsway. You know, in the middle of the street. Uh -huh. You know the street that leads into the military. Okay. The back gate of the military. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. There used to be something when we were kids. Mm -hmm. There's a story that used to say that they, they parked their the fancies inside and locked it. And then if the fancy man wants to go and pee, oh, he would no. say, <laughs> When uh, I attended school at B.A., the Ashantis were always laughing at, at us. <laughs> Sometimes they would see you and call you, Hey, Major Tumantumbom. Tumantumbom. So I asked them, the Francis and Asante, who first saw gun and then gunpowder? <laughs> who saw it first? <laughs> oh, so that story had, had some, some... Oh, but uh, it wasn't the truth. A crazy of, you know. Uh, not until... It, it used to be a story that was buried out until in, um, I think, 1972 to 73, about Kenobedu mm -hmm. uh, from Cape Coast. Cape Coast. From, became, from Esikuma. Esikuma, yes. Mm -hmm became the Ashanti, Ashanti Regional, Regional Commissioner. Commissioner. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's correct. Okay. Mm. So, the construction of the fort in Kumasi, mm -hmm. Ashanti didn't like it. Oh, they didn't, they didn't like it? Uh-huh, because you carried Prempe away. And then you, you want to become our king or uh -huh, what? Our king. So in 1900, governor of, of the Gold Coast, Sir Frederick Hudson, Frederick. Frederick Hodgson. Hodgson, yeah. Went to Kumasi. Mm -hmm. And Atadeba with the Ashanti chiefs told them they should bring the golden stool for him to sit on. 
Ah, that he was the Queen's representative. There you bring his two. Uh, so Ashanti have been defeated. So in the eighteen seventy three campaign, so they should bring the two for me to, for him to sit on. Okay. And also demanded the war indemnity of the eighteen seventy three campaign. And also told them that age long practice of human sacrifice, slave trade, slavery, pioneering, and those things. And they shouldn't exact tribute from any tributary state. He mentioned them once again. In the night, Ashantis got angry, barricaded all those in and out of Kumasi. So the governor was holed up in the fort. And here we're having some Gokos regimentals at Gambaga and Kentapo and mm. uh, Major Morris. They were brought in, they broke through the Ashanti barricade, uh -huh. entered the distance, and then with some other troops in the night, the governor was able to escape back to Accra. You know that in 1877, the capital was moved from Cape Coast to Accra. Accra yeah. So this was the situation wow. when a telegram was sent to London. So, so a telegram was sent, sent from Accra to London. Okay, so for those of you who are watching, Telegram is like what's up message, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> At that time, when you, those days, one post office was there. Yeah. And if you can call somebody on telephone, you have to go to post office. Of course. So you can send a Telegram message. <laughs> then they will say, let's say to Kofi Mensah, mother seriously sick. Sick. Proceed, Proceed immediately. immediately. That is all. <laughs> Few words. Few words, that's all. <laughs> because the, if your words, uh, uh, when you your, words are longer, uh, your words are more, you will pay more. Yes, 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 yes. That yes, was yes. it. So, wow. as we are speaking, we'll go back to 1897. The Admiralty, the War Office, the British Foreign Office, and then Indian Office, met and the committee of imperial defense was told to organize troops in all british colonies to support the british navy the royal navy in case of any future war so in northern nigeria one and two battalions were formed. And then in southern Nigeria, to the southwest, Lagos, Lagos Constabulary now became Lagos Battalion. And then in southern Nigeria, the southern Nigerian regiment, southeastern Nigeria, another regiment was formed there. And uh, as I, I told you earlier, we had the Gokos Constabulary in the Gokos also. Mm -hmm. And I told you some of the Constabulary troops came from Nigeria. From Nigeria. Mm -hmm. And then through Cape Coast to Accra. So, message was sent from London that and the, uh, these troops which were formed was known as West Africa Frontier Force. 
West Africa Frontier, Frontier Force. Force. So they all came under the same umbrella. Umbrella. From the different and, uh, countries. Colonel James Wilcox mm -hmm. was the commandant of West African Frontier. And Force. he resided in which country? He resided in Nigeria. He was in Nigeria. Nigeria. Okay. So one and two battalions. One battalion, battalion Nigeria, North Nigeria Regiment, Nigeria, yeah. came down to Cape Coast, mm -hmm. followed by two battalions, North Nigeria Regiment, the Lagos Constabulary, uh, Lagos Battalion, mm -hmm. Three. came down, and then South Nigeria Regiment, Southeast, uh, Southeast Nigeria yeah. Regiment, also Four. came down. Uh -huh. Then we have uh, Ceremonial Frontier Police, mm -hmm. they also came down, and the company from the Gambia also came down and they brought a little British troop to be added to them. Uh -huh. All of them officered by the British. So what was the mission? The mission time? was to liberate Kumasi Fort. Because it was under because siege? Because it was under, under siege. Yeah. As I told you, the governor was able to extricate himself. But? But the hope, the roads in and out of Kumasi had been blocked. Wow. And uh, we, are, we were having some troops also there, including some of the Gokos regiment from Gambaga and Kentapo. Who, who went in. to do the skirmish? Food yeah. and water was running short. And all those in Kumasi who were supporting the British were all around the fort. No food, no water for them. And people were dying of hunger. So when immediately they reached here, you see, it is not Ghana army alone, or Ghana Armed Forces alone, that we like money on. But Colonel Montenaro of two Northern Nigerian Regiment, immediately he landed at Cape Coast, he might shoot to go and protect the good man's heart of Wasi. Mm -hmm. So, at, uh, and then the other one also moved and went to Dompase. What was there? Dompase. Dompase is in a Ashanti region. Yeah, what was there that they wanted to? Or was a then strategy? He sent his troops there. Okay. So when Colonel Wilcox came down to the Gokos, he brought all of them to Praso mm -hmm. and started his march from Praso through Fumso to Ashanti Bekwai. Mm -hmm. And uh, Bekwai at that time. They were having a small problem with the Asantini or with Kumasi. So they, they decided not to take part in the campaign. And there was stockade at Kokofu, well protected by the Ashantis. And there was another one at Santasi. What? Santasi near Kumasi. Yeah. What? There was another stockade. Okay. That is defense lines. Okay. Okay. So Wilcox, commandant West African Frontier Force, deceived them as if he was going to attack the Kokofu socket. Mm -hmm. So they brought more men from, from Santasi, Santasi to Kokofu. Uh -huh. And then he passed through Asante Bakwai and then entered Pechi, from Pechi to Santasi. Now Pechi and Kumasi have, have joined. Have joined uh -huh. <laughs> At that time it was about 20 kilometers away from Kumasi from Kumasi 20 miles from yeah. Kumasi because Pechi, Santasi 
um, then the little little villages of Fantimbra, Fantimbra, Diebeba, they were that and they were tiny, 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 tiny villages. Wow. So Wokok deceived them and then broke through the stockade or defense line at Santasi and liberated the fort. Wow. Immediately he finished with the Santasi stockade. The bugle. The what? Bugle. The yeah. sound of the bugle. Yeah. Started sounding at the fort. Showing that the British were in. Yeah. So they started fighting Asante. Some places became hand to hand fighting. Oh. Uh, if you are if, if your ammunition is finished, uh -huh. you have to use your, your bayonet to fight. So do I uh, and hey, within somebody three days, somebody. Three, three days they subdued Kumasi. Oh wow. And which year again was this? It was in June nineteen hundred. Nineteen hundred. Nineteen hundred. Okay. And it was in this campaign that Yasantua organized the Asante chiefs, said they were women, they were afraid of the British. So, so he organized them to fight the British. Okay. At the end of it all, he, she herself was captured and right. was also, also exiled to Seychelles Island to go and join Rampa the First. Mm. And uh, after this campaign... So Yasantua was... Um we are told from Ejusu, is that mm. correct? Yes, from uh, a village close to Ejusu. Oh, not Ejusu, Ejusu. town proper. Okay. But now, because of fame, yeah. the Ejusu people would have taken Of course, it. yeah. Oh, interesting. So she now uh, became the commander. Commander. Self-appointed. Appointed commander. And that's how the entire campaign in civil world is called Yasantua War, oh. 1900. And wow. then in military, we call but, it Asante 1900. But do you have an idea who she was prior to this? Who? Who Yasantua was? She was a queen mother. She was a queen, queen mother, mother of that small, small place. Community. Must have been a very strong person to, to wield that power, power to bring people no, together. No, you know, some women are even stronger than men. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So she led them. She, led she them. coordinated activities. She coordinated the activity and then led them. And she herself firing. She was firing? She was firing. And that's on record? Uh, it's on record. So how was she captured? Maybe, maybe she was surrounded. Yeah. And her order was given that because she was a woman. That they shouldn't kill. They, they shouldn't kill her or maim her. So Yasantua was captured and then taken where first? It, it was, it was brought to Cape Coast. Cape Coast. Um, which fort? Cape Coast Castle. Or Cape Coast Castle. Then to Elimina. Then move to Elimina. Then move to Seychelles Island. Wow. To go and join Prempe. <laughs> and that was it? At that time, that was the order. Okay. okay. Because when uh, King Berhanzin... Who's that? Berhanzin, King of Dahomey, uh -huh. was also captured. He was transported outside to an isolated place. You remember Emperor, Emperor Napoleon Bonaparte? Yeah. When he was captured, he was want to, brought to St. Helena's Island, offshore mm -hmm. Sierra Leone. Okay. Wow. So they were following that same trend. Good. Thank you. If you are listening on radio, the voice of Brigadier General James Hagen.
and he's such a good storyteller and, and I'm sure you agree with me and it, it's so rich that I don't even know where to stop please forgive me a lot of the things you say look I'm, I've gone past 50 but this is my first time I'm hearing how they are connected um, so we will take a short break on at this point with uh, Ya Santua having been captured um, after having led um, the Ashantis into a war with the British and, and in the southern part of the Gold Coast. Um, so we'll take this break. When we come back, we'll look at the, again the, how the military formation made progress from this point uh, uh, of Yasan Tua's exit. <laughs> 